Views expressed by Camaplan podcast guests may not reflect those of Camaplan. Camaplan does not guarantee the accuracy of information provided by guests, nor does it endorse or recommend any individual or organization. Camaplan is not an investment advisor, CPA, realtor, or attorney. You are encouraged to conduct your own due diligence before making investment choices. For any tax, legal, accounting, investment, or other questions, please consult a specialist. Hi, I'm Michael Duncan, and welcome back to The Road to Financial Freedom. This podcast is brought to you by Camaplan, a self-directed IRA administrator focused on educating investors on how to grow retirement savings faster through alternative investments. In each episode, we're going to take an in-depth look at the many roads taken to financial freedom and how they differ for each of our guests. Our goal is to help the listeners learn how they can achieve their own financial freedom through the experience and stories of experts that have done just that. Today's guest received his Bachelor of Science degree in economics from UCLA in 2010 before starting his career as an inside sales representative. By being the top sales rep and winning a 50K sales incentive bonus, he used that savings to purchase his first two-bed, one-bath condo and learn the importance of having multiple streams of income. Now, through real estate syndication, he has invested in over 600 units in the past two years, where he's participated as a general or limited partner. I'm very excited today to welcome Jim Lee to the show. Jim, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Michael. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Um, You know, I love uh, what I've learned about your story so far, and I'm excited to really dive into it. Um, Obviously, you just, this isn't the way you started, and it's all been within about the last 10 years, having you recently graduated from uh, college. And I'm curious, I guess, to know what sparked your initial interest in, you know, you win this sales bonus. Why did you immediately decide to go into investing and in multifamily real estate? Yeah. So um, I was lucky enough to have uh, find this job uh, during the 2010 European debt crisis. So back in the day, I'm pretty sure most investors know we just went through the 2008 subprime mortgage crash, followed by the 2010 European debt crisis. So it was really difficult for me to find a job. Um, out, Out of college, you know, I was actually jobless for a good year and a half during that time. And it was difficult for me to just find any job. I was interviewing for all kinds of jobs, data entry, whatever, you name it. And eventually I got really good at interview that, you know, I learned how to sell myself. And uh, that's how I found inside sales. And, you know, working at LoopNet, which for those that know don't know, it's basically Zillow for commercial real estate. I was able to talk to real estate investors, agent, property managers, lenders on a daily basis. And from there, I kind of learned the importance of having multiple streams of income. And that's why I decided to pursue real estate uh, investing. So the the main drive behind it was having the multiple streams of income. Why did you choose? I mean, obviously, just the general knowledge that I'm sure you gained as being an inside sales representative. But why real estate? Why not sports betting, for instance? (laughs) Yeah, so um, again... I think it has a lot to do with me being very persistent, right? Because coming from an Asian background, my parents raised me to always get high education. And after, you know, getting my bachelor's degree, um, 
my parents saw the struggle and they wanted me to pursue MBA or PhD. And I, I didn't want to uh, continue to go back to school. I wanted to start making money. I wanted to get some experience. And it just so happened that I ended up in sales and um, I ended up at working at a commercial real estate company. And that that was really, you know, what helped me um, discover that real estate could be worth while looking for uh, looking into and 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 also i think i've always had this idea of uh investing and in, you know, when you're young right you, you hear this all the time you know it's it's better to just get started um than later it doesn't matter at what what stage you're at even yeah. in your 30s 40s just get started right once you get started then you'll you'll find out you got to take this more seriously you'll, you'll start to get educated in the field and then you'll start to surround yourself with like-minded people as well yeah i mean i remember back uh having just graduated from college or maybe being about to graduate from college um and my mother uh she worked for like a retirement company and you know the first thing she told me was like we're going to go and start you know i think it was a roth ira for for me like that was like one of the first things she wanted to do. And I'm like, eh, I mean, I'm, I'm not making any money. I just graduated from college. I don't have a job yet. And she was like, yeah, but with an extra five years, like if you just start five years earlier, you know, that's massive. It's it's just a huge advantage, um, especially with, you know, the constant changing of everything. And, you know, we saw obviously in 2008 and then with COVID, we just saw massive changes in um, in everything and everything that we knew and understood. Um, but that's interesting. Did you ever think that you might go back to college you know, after getting money from investing, or was that just never something that you wanted to pursue again was higher education? Yeah. So I would go back to college now for masters to network. Cause okay. now I, I've, you know, after coming out, working as a realtor, working as a syndicator, I finally understood the power of, you know, networking and, you know, it's, it's your network, your net worth is your network. Your network is your net worth. So I'm pretty sure you heard of that phrase before. I like um, it. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that's the only, I would say that's that would be the only reason uh, that would motivate me to want to go back to school is to be able to build more connection and uh, establish uh, a solid relationship long term so that I can help more people build financial wealth. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I really enjoy that. I'm going to use that quote sometime and I'm going to pretend like I made it up. <laughs> and then give you credit after you know the effect wears off. But um, coming from where you came from, you had a savers mentality. Can you, I guess, describe what that is, and also, you know, what the differences are, and how you had to adjust to them in your new career? Absolutely. So I was born and raised in Taiwan with a savers mentality. Um, in Asian culture, we've been taught if you can't pay for something in cash, you can't afford it. In our mind, debt is slavery and cash is freedom. So that was uh, very difficult uh, for me to overcome that mindset uh, because when I had acquired my first real estate building, it was a short sale. I bought it called Cash Offer, two bedroom, one bathroom condo. It took me a year to close that building. And the mistake was using Cash Offer, right? Because you know, um, after acquiring the building, I realized there's a lot that, that I don't understand about real estate. And that's why I picked up yeah. the, pur the Purple Bible, which uh, most people have read, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And in the book, he talks about why would you never, why would you not use leverage? You know, you get tax benefit, you get, <clears throat> you amplify your returns, all that good stuff. So that's when I had to, you know, 
change my mindset a little bit and see from the other side of the coin, you know, instead of always thinking, okay, I can't use debt, but then, but then I think it's just more of, I realize that it's more just an education. I just need to be financially educated because there's good debt and bad debt. You just have to recognize which is bad, which is the credit card debt. You got to pay off the interest so that interest rate doesn't eat your life. Or, and then there's good debt, which, you know, you can use that debt to help you leverage. So use that, leverage that debt to help you um, make more returns on your investment. So for the listeners, what exactly do you mean by leverage? As in like, what's the difference between that and a cash offer? Yeah, so leverage, it's 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 a very simple concept, right? So let's say, for example, um, you're, the, 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 the biggest thing you have to understand is you're using other people's money to make more money. So when you talk about real estate, in simple terms, everybody, most people use loan to purchase real estate, right? It's usually it's like 80 percent loan to value. So you're talking about you're only putting down 20% of your own money down to buy a property that's worth, you know, 100% uh, 80% more. So mm-hmm. basically you're getting 80% loan and you're putting down 20% and you're getting 100% of this property. And this the the income that this property produces all belongs to you, right? But then you just have to pay off the debt, which is the 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 loan. So in a sense, you're you're getting you're you're shorting the dollar, right? Because you you're using um, the bank's money, which you know um, that that amplifies your return overall. Because then you're you're only putting twenty percent down. Yeah. But on top of that, you're getting tax benefit, right? For the the mortgage interest rate, right? Um, so the the so the government encouraged you to borrow. Um, because they, the government is, needs help to, for people to house more people, Yeah, right? They, they encourage people to buy real estate so that they, they can, um, continue to house people and, and so forth. And, and, and cause we have an affordability issue. So it's a, it's like a partnership that, and that's why you get tax benefit for, for investing in real estate. Um, so the, those, the, those are the, the leverage I'm talking about. Um, it's, it's essentially, you have to look at it as a partnership. And when you use the good debt, you're helping not only yourself, but you're also helping, helping the renters, the, the government and, and everybody in the, the community. Overall. Yeah. I can understand why that would be a massive adjustment mentality wise. Um, you know, obviously I did not grow up in an Asian household or with Asian culture. Um, but I, my mom was always very much of that same mindset of like, you know, if you can't pay for it in cash, then, you know, probably shouldn't be paying for it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've struggled to do that. Uh, You know, I've struggled to adjust to just, you know, life of being an adult and having to sometimes, you know, put things on a credit card or whatever it is. Um, And I cannot imagine having to do that and adjusting that mentality to something as expensive as a house or a condo. Uh, so I can only imagine how big of a mindset and adjustment that was. Um, and also the conversations that you have with your parents about it, I'm sure were very fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> it, literally, it literally took them, uh, I would say, a decade for me to prove to them that I know what I'm doing for them to finally invest in in one of my syndication deal. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So that's that, that had to be the hardest sell you've ever had to make. And uh, I mean, it took 10 years, but you made it, so... Yeah, it is one of the hardest sell, but it's also the the most uh, rewarding one too. Because now that 
I know if I can get if I can change my parents' mindset because their their mindset is a whole different generation boomers oh, yeah. mindset right it's yeah. totally different it's too hard it's sometimes sometimes it's so di- difficult to 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 get get them out of that because they're so used to doing the way they they've done it so um to be able to finally help them see the light at the end of the tunnel and for them to invest in my deal it was definitely it was it's it definitely makes me it made me realize okay if i can help him them i can definitely help a lot more people absolutely um so what so you've obviously you've had a lot of experience um now doing this for as long as you have what are the differences that you've learned from being an active investor versus a passive investor so <clears throat> i got into syndication because i believe wholeheartedly uh you know invest investing passively and so let me go ahead and explain my definition of active versus passive which is very sure. very straightforward active is just like you're in the weeds you're you're in it to to operate the manage the deal to do everything from a to z so my example would be my first two bedroom one bathroom condo i didn't hire a property manager i didn't have a system or automation set up i did everything on my own which is you know uh find the tenant run the background check and, you know, get them in and uh, do the maintenance, collect the rent, everything on my own. And I found that I found out that it was a fatal mistake because it took up all my time. It's a business, right? You have to, you have to, you know, treat it as a business if you are going to be actively involved. Whereas passive, you use, you, uh, you basically invest passively. You give money to, uh, um, to someone to an operator and then they basically in a syndication deal and then they manage they underwrite the deal find the deal manage the deal and sell the deal and eventually you just make a return on investment um passively and you you're not actively involved in making the business decision on a daily basis whereas when you when you do when you go down this path of being a passive investor you can just focus on uh, you know, being the expert at what you do, you know, a doctor, a lawyer, engineer, and, and make a lot of money there. So focus your energy and time on there instead of always thinking about oh, what is my real estate doing? How is my real estate portfolio doing? Right. So it's, it's, that's active versus passive. So I guess, what have you, what have you learned in, into, in terms of like what you prefer? And like, I'm assuming that you're mostly at this point, a passive investor. Uh, do you ever like miss being in, actively involved in some of your properties? Or do you prefer just kind of, you know, collecting the checks as they come? Yeah, so I think this is my reality. I don't know if it's for everyone. But I think most people start off as active, right? Because, yeah. you know, chances are we all are eager to do our first deal and, um, you know, get right in, take some action, make some mistake and learn from it. Um, and so for, you know, when we start off as active, we have to because we kind of have to understand what, it, what it's like to be a landlord before we can um, delegate all these tasks to property managers and hold them accountable. Right, because if you don't know what you're what you're doing, then you can't really hold the property manager accountable for what what it is you're expecting them to do. Uh, especially if you if you have a very if you want them to run this like a business. So, um, so I think that's 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 one thing is that um, I think we're always actively going to be involved, but it just depends on how much you're able to transfer all the active investment into passive investment. Because at the end of the day, we all just want to be financially free and not have to worry 
and and be super active involved you know we want to be able to travel we want to be able to do you know anything you know that you want to do in life and not be tied down to uh okay is my property doing well today or is is that tenant having a maintenance issue if you already built the system and automation all that will be will take care of itself couldn't agree more i i know that it probably requires you know, if I were to, if I were in your shoes, it would probably take me a decent amount of time to be able to really release the reins and just let things operate on their own or, you know, delegate and whatever. Um, cause that's something I've always had trouble with, but obviously when you get to the other side and you're able to do that, I can only imagine how rewarding it is to be mm-hmm. able to just see you those know, checks come in. Um, so what is ultimately, what's your mission and your vision for your real estate syndication? Yeah. So my, my vision and a vision for real estate syndication is just my mission is just to educate and bring value in the form of syndication because in my opinion it's the safest and uh fastest track to reach the reality of financial freedom um my vision is to make sure that everyone who's part of formosa investing will improve their financial life tenfold so they can focus on reaching their dreams and not their next paycheck what is formosa Formosa is um is a name given by the Portuguese. So I'm I'm again I'm originally from Taiwan, and um, before Taiwan was discovered, uh, I mean before Taiwan was named Taiwan, uh, Portuguese discovered back in 1500, and they uh, named it Formosa. And Formosa <clears throat> means the beautiful island. Ever since then, Taiwanese took took that as something they're proud of, and you know. Uh, at, at, when a Taiwanese sees my my logo, they recognize that brand, and that's the niche that I'm targeting. How does it represent your business? So, so far, like all the a lot, I've noticed a lot of people that have been able to attract, whether it's through phone calls, whether it's through podcasts. I get a lot of Taiwanese investors, and that's that's how it represents my business. Is that you know Formosa it's it's the brand it's 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 to basically i want to be able to help the people that came from taiwan and anybody really but my niche is really targeting um you know the specific group of type of people uh ages from 30 to 50 years old you know uh have ha- high net worth have problems with tax uh tax problems and any uh, all kinds of investors that have this that's going through this phase and going through these uh, stages where they i can be able to help them through syndication you're able to be their beautiful island Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, I think that's really awesome. Um, so what has it so at, over the years since, you know, that first, uh, you know, that first 50K came in and you were able to buy that first condo, mm-hmm. you've been investing in yourself more so than you've even been investing in real estate. I mean, that's the reality of it. Do you feel that it's paid off? And if so, how has it paid off over the years? Yeah, that's that's great. I actually haven't invested in myself until recently. I would say about two, three years ago. Um, only because um, my mindset back then is all about just okay, what can I get myself into? I have this amount of cash sitting there. Can I get into stock market? Can I get into gold and silver, real estate, whatever? Right. I never thought in my in my twenties, I never it never crossed my mind to invest in myself and. Hmm. 
And I realized that uh, once I started to make a career out of um, being a realtor, you know, once I once I moved from uh, being a W two employee to being an entrepreneur, that's when the real mindset had uh, shift, and that's when I started reading a lot of books and listening to a bunch of podcasts. And in the end, I realized that how important it is to invest in yourself and. What I mean by that is, you know, once I educated myself enough during lockdown, that's when I started uh, studying syndication, okay, exploring other avenues to make money through real estate because I couldn't host open house as a realtor, and yeah. uh, and then that's when I realized, okay, I've educated myself enough. What's the next step? Next step would just be to go out there, put myself out there, and network, and you know, find like-minded people, and and eventually, once I started doing that. I realized there's mastermind groups, you know, where that you can you can join for anywhere between ten thousand to fifty thousand a year, and I end up joining, you know, one of these mastermind groups, and I realized that's that you know over time, as you continue to invest in yourself, whether it's educating yourself or putting yourself in a mastermind group. And all this stuff is going to help you excel so much quicker. It's going to help you compress time frame, so to speak, right? If you want to reach your goal, you know, and you think you're giving yourself a, a year or two years, by doing all the stuff that I just told you, you, you can compress that time frame to probably less or even one third of the time and accomplish your goal that much faster uh, through partnerships, through relationships, through, you know, just... Uh, by continue to pour money and in investing yourself instead of always thinking like, okay, if I invest in this thing, is it going to generate a cash flow for me? Yeah. Does that make sense? I no, know. I think it absolutely makes sense. I mean, yeah. it just seems to me like that's the best investment you can make. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, if you're not investing in yourself, if you don't believe in yourself, then, you know, how far is everything else really going to go, you know? Right, right. And it's really difficult to measure that um, because you're yeah. you're not getting a number back in return right yeah uh, but in the long run you, it's gonna pay off it's gonna pay dividends because the partnerships you create is is going to be you know worth 10 times 100 times more than you know extra 200 dollars cash flow per month absolutely yeah no i mean i couldn't agree more um and so as listeners of the podcast uh, know, I love asking people not about, you know, some of their greatest successes, but actually some of their greatest failures, mistakes they've made along the way. Um, uh, you know, I'm a big believer that you learn more by making a mistake and learning how to fix it than you ever do when you succeed in something. Um, so I was wondering if you could possibly share, you know, an experience or something that's happened along the way that, you know, was a bump in the road and what you were able to take away from that. And if you feel that that mistake was a large part of, you know, the reason that you got to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll use an example I, I mentioned earlier, which, which is when I bought my condo for all cash offer. Okay. So that was, that was a big mistake to me. And um, because <clears throat> all my money is tied into that condo, I basically just, put all my eggs in one basket, which is what Warren Buffett suggested not to do, right? Very true. <laughs> you know? and, and so that's that's one one thing. And the other thing is it was difficult for me to pull that money out. You would think that I would qualify for a line of credit or you know, be able to refinance at some point, but it was difficult because I was switching from job to job. I was getting laid mm. off during that time. So <clears throat> my money was basically just stuck there. And then on on top of that, the third thing that you know what's so bad about having all the money in there is you know I I, I didn't have it set up as an LLC, 
And so okay. I was, I was, I was a big target and I didn't know, I didn't know about this. And and on top of that, when you have a hundred percent of equity in the property, people can easily find out. Right. And, 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 and so that, that becomes a huge liability. Whereas if I only had, you know, only 20, if I only own 20% of the equity, then I, I might not be a, 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 such a big target on my back. Um, so there were, those are, you know, I just listed three things that why yeah. you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and but, I mean it's 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 clear that it made an impact on you and your the way you approach this entire you know industry and this entire job. Right, right. But you you learn by making these mistakes, right? You yeah. realize, okay, what 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 did I get myself into? And that's yeah, why I mean education is so important before you do anything. <laughs> yep, yep. Because again, you're learning mostly from people that have made mistakes, and they're you, you know that that's what you're learning. You're learning how to come back from mistakes or what mistakes you can avoid. And that right. way you don't have to make them, uh, which mm -hmm. again, that's why I like to ask this question. Um, yeah. And so finally, and, and you've touched on this a little bit uh, throughout the podcast. Um, and I, I like that it sounds as if it's very important to you uh, because obviously it's the name of the podcast, the road to financial freedom. And I was wondering what financial freedom means to you. Hmm. Well, financial freedom just means what I told you about my vision early. I think I feel like all of us have a purpose uh, to be here on 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 this planet, right? And I feel like it's not it's more than just the daily grind and and you know working paycheck to paycheck. I think that there's there's got to be more to yeah. to, to your life and 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 you got to find your purpose to find things that you that 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 you you're going to do passionately to you know achieve that fulfillment and i think that's the most important part about being financially free is that you can focus on reaching whatever you you're passionate about and what your dreams are about and so you don't have to worry about the next paycheck you can just really be out there and serve the world for what you do best instead of being tied down to do something that you're not happy with i think that's very well said i agree a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Jim, please, uh, before we say goodbye, uh, could you please tell the listeners where to find you, um, how they can get in contact with you? Feel free to plug yourself. And obviously, uh, all of your links will be in the description of this episode. But please tell, uh, feel free to plug yourself and tell the listeners where they can find you. Yeah, they can find me at uh, investing.com. Uh, on my website, there's a quick 20-page uh, read um, ebook that they can download for free. Basically, just talks about my all the mistake I made as a real estate investor, so you don't have to make them. <laughs> I like and it. Then, and then uh, you can they can also check me out on uh, uh, all the social media links: uh, so, uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at Formosa Investing. Awesome, uh, Jim. Thank you so much for coming on. I had a wonderful time talking to you. I learned a lot, uh, and I think the listeners are going to enjoy this as well. And I'm looking forward to hopefully talking to you in the future. All right. Thanks for having me, Michael. Of course. And uh, as always, thanks for listening to The Road to Financial Freedom. If you enjoyed the show, please support the podcast by remembering to rate, review, and subscribe. You can keep up to date with us on Facebook or Instagram at Road to Financial Freedom Podcast. Thanks again, and I will see you next time. If you like what you're hearing on The Road to Financial Freedom and want to learn more about self-directed IRAs and 401ks, click the link in the description to download a free toolkit with everything you need to get started.